dog? Oh, my man, what's good? Not much, man. How are you? I'm doing really good, brother. Good day. It's good. going to be a good episode. I'm excited. I'm always like, yes, 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 I have it as well. The Volume 4 reissue box set. I can't even describe to you, man. I, I need I need like a week to digest it all. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading through the book uh, tonight after we get done. That's going to be my 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 unwinding present to myself on this That's Tuesday. Good. That's good, man. How you been besides caressing the Final Four box set? Man, other than the Volume Four box set caressing, not a whole lot going on. Doing good. Still jazzed off our last chat with yeah. the death metal legend. Looking forward to chatting with a death metal legend in the making, as far as I'm concerned. Very excited. Let's, uh, let's, let's tell the world about who we got coming in here today. Today, on the Lifts and Riffs podcast, we have got Mr. Frank, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice here, Albanese. Okay. From the band Hath. Hath. Hath, motherfucker. H-A-T-H. Hath put out a record in 2019 called Of Rot and Ruin. It was uh, on my official Death Drive 90.5 Top 15 of the Year. It was number two. Um, it is a record that I have given infinite spins since then. They recently re-released their debut EP, Hive, with a new track tacked on to the end of it they recorded and wrote during quarantine. Um, That's awesome. One, Yes, absolutely amazing band, eclectic influences, really looping a whole lot of outside stuff together and making it sound so smooth and so good, man. I'm a huge fan of this band. Can't wait to talk to this dude. Yeah, I bet they'll be pretty cool. Or he'll, I bet he will be pretty cool. He has to be. Hath is, Hath is way too cool for him to not be cool. And we always get good guests. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as well, man. Lucky it's that way. It's going to be badass. We are lucky that way. And speaking of, I always get so excited to talk to you that I just completely forget to do the intro every time. So let's do You guys don't know who we are, do you? Nobody, everybody listening is like, why don't they do the intro right off the bat always? And because, man. because this is not how we, yeah. This, you we get to shit when we get to it. We get to it when we get to it. You should go list, listen to a professional podcast if you, if you want that. You know what I mean? Right. Ain't nobody getting paid here, man. This is a labor of love. Right. That being said, we intro whatever we want, which is right now. Welcome to Lifts and Rips, motherfuckers. I am Zach from Death Comes Lifting. I am Schuler from Death Drive 90.5 Death Metal Radio. And as you already know, we're talking to the man behind half today, and we're going to get into a death metal frenzy. And uh, be amazing. It's yeah, it's going to be amazing. The last some episode, nerd shit, too. We're going to get into some nerd shit, too. Yeah, like it's gonna nerd shit. Yeah, it's gonna be nerd shit that like I don't know how familiar you are with it, but like I this is the nerd shit that I think we're gonna talk about today is nerd shit that I'm kind of like standing outside of. So I'm interested to get schooled um, in some of the nerd shit that Frank is into. What what kind of nerd shit do you think he's into? That like I sword, or... like sword and sorcery shit, man. I think he's into like I think he's into D and D apparently. So if you go to the uh, to the half uh, metal archives page, it says that that one of their main lyrical influences is Dark Souls, which is like a video game series. I, I understand. I am not that familiar with it because uh, I'm fucking out of the loop. 
Um, but I'm excited to hear about uh, to hear about some of this shit. This would be great. My uh, my video editor and graphic designer dude is uh, his name is also Zach. He is a huge nerd and he plays Dark Souls all the time. So I've seen it in action. I know a little bit of it. I know it is life consuming and super nerdy, and that's about all I got. I'm not the I'm not the biggest uh, sorcery wizardry nerd, but we'll, we'll do our best. I think we can. I think I'm, we can yeah. work down. I think he can sell us on it. I think that after this is over, we're going to both go out and we're going to get consumed by fucking Dark Souls, and um, we're going to get some of those dodecahedron dice and play some fucking D and D. That would be really sick if we could could play like virtual D&D with death metal legends all the time. I, I would learn how to play D&D for that opportunity. Me too. I'm like really bad at D&D. Have you ever tried? I've it? actually, I've never played it before. And like, it's not, I always have to clarify, like it's not because I think that it's fucking nerdy. Like I look down on it or anything. Yeah. It's because like I read a D&D like player's manual one time in barnes and noble and i was like this shit's way too hard like it's fucking complicated it's it's complicated you have to have a dungeon master that knows what the fuck they're doing he's, he's like in control of it so it has to be a guy that knows and like if everybody's not super into it it sucks yeah so that's and i just like i had this thing where i don't like games i know i'm a fucking alien no i'm, I'm with you too i don't like games either we're too <laughs> we just like music that's pretty much it, man. I'll just sit here by myself and listen to music in my room. Are you, am I frozen for you right now? Because if on my end, this is entirely frozen. Your face is frozen. I can hear you just fine. Now you're moving yeah. again. I'm back. Yes. I, I'm Zach in the New York group. Well, Hopefully. Hopefully this is not like a time of day type thing where our fucking bandwidth starts crashing. Yeah, my true. shit's good over here. I'm sitting here looking at my signal and it is all the way up. Yeah, my signal's all the way up too, but I can never believe these motherfuckers either. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the time, by this time of day, people are all creeping on the interwebs. But I hope I um. Yeah, we're good. I sent him the invitation. I just double checked. That's all. Just making sure, making sure, trying to run this podcast in a, as professionally as we possibly can. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, we're gonna make it fun, and it's gonna be laid back and chill. Yeah, just like making sure that I like sent the guest the invite is what I'm saying. <laughs> Always a plus. You gotta make sure that we get the fucking guy that we're talking to. Yeah, uh, just wanted to make sure that this is not going to be us talking about Cannibal Corpse for another 35 minutes, which we can well, very easily be. I was gonna say, I'll tell you, I'll talk to you about Cannibal Corpse all fucking day, homie. Cannibal Corpse and Cradle of Filth. Cannibal Corpse and Cradle of Filth. I would love to get somebody from each of those bands on here one day. We can get like an ex Cradle of Filth band member because they're like 50. Yeah. Track down like somebody who played keyboards for them on one tour and be like, tell us your stories. One day, I'm going to surprise you with Danny Filth on this podcast, brother. And I'll shit. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'll do. Like, I'll, I'll definitely have some fanboy shit going on, man, because it's Danny Filth. He's an icon. Yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to be like, yo, we don't have a guest this week, so it's just going to be us talking about Cannibal Corpse. And then, wait, all of a sudden, Danny Phil's here. That's that's my... It's, it's, oh, we, we cut to him in, like, his office. Yeah. Just, like, it's like, it's like goth chic professional, I can imagine. Like, think about the shit that Danny Phil has on his desk in his office. I can only imagine that it's, like, 
all very carefully and meticulously chosen. Like his paperweight probably has some sort of significance. I bet his letter opener is baller as fuck. Like I, I want to, I want inside Danny Filth's house. I want to see what it's like. I see either like legit Gothic fortress or like 1960s London, like bachelor pad with like velour leopard print sheets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one or the other. How dope would it be if it was a combination of those two things? It could like, be a combination uh, of the two as well. Like a really sinister Austin Powers. Yeah, that's what, kind of feel like what he's like, though, in a way. Yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> Back to Cannibal Corpse, though, I did want to yes. bring up, I read that um, Paul says it's his most physically demanding drumming performance to date. I saw that, and that is really fucking impressive, man. I've uh, That's what I'm saying. Especially with the fact that these guys are getting as old as they are and that he's been doing this shit for as long as he has. But there was, so there was a DVD of the studio stuff, the studio sessions that came with Evisceration Plague. Oh, yeah. And um, he was able to like sell off the the chair, like trying to record. Yeah, yeah. At At the end of recording that, and I can't remember what song it was, but I think it was the fastest one, like beats per minute that they had recorded up until that point. And, um, yeah, after he gets done, he just fucking falls off the throne. And I want to be like, damn, dude, you talked that? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, so I don't want to, like, talk shit or anything, but I'm just, like, trying to decipher, is it his truly most demanding physical drumming performance, or is it because he's old? And that's I think that's they- talking shit. I think that's a legitimate question. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, uh, my, my, my farthest run that I can do right now is definitely not the farthest run that I could do, you know, five years ago. I, but it probably might feel more taxing. That's what um, I'm trying to decipher here. So yeah. that might be a misleading statement on his part. As but, well. I mean, maybe he doesn't mean, like, speed demanding maybe he means like complexity like maybe he's doing some fucking crazy like jazz fusing shit on there that's like uh it's really difficult and like hard to maintain like doing some theory nerd type shit i'd be stoked for that we're gonna go with that has he ever done anything like that i'm sure he has i mean he's a great fucking drummer i'm not you you know i love cannibal course more than yeah 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 no i really so I don't know that much about like, so, you know, Alex Webster is very, you know, musically inclined. I think he, I, I don't know if he has a music degree, but I think he was in school for it at one point. Obviously he's incredibly gifted, but he's also studied it formally. Um, I don't know how deep into that end of it Paul is, but I do know that Paul also plays other instruments. There are, as far as I know, two other songs there are two songs in the cannibal corpse back catalog that he is credited with writing the music for one of them is on evisceration plague and i think one of them is on kill um i would have to double check but i think i think he wrote submerged in boiling flesh if i'm not mistaken which it's a badass song it is a badass song like that's a that's a classic it's not the album closer because there's a fucking uh, uh, an instrumental after that but i still i still closer and i like it a lot i think that we should have a cannibal corpse podcast we definitely will it's going to be on the corpse cast we could do we do a new one every week there's that much there's that much cannibal corpse shit to talk about and every episode is going to be a bad lifting pun on a cannibal corpse song yes and i'm i am sure that that is an also inexhaustible well of uh of ideas 
my favorite one you came up with is stabbed in the glutes. <laughs> stabbed in the glutes. <laughs> Dude, fucking like if you if you look at some of those titles, they're hilarious enough on their own, and then you tweak them just a little bit, and it yeah. becomes so cartoonishly fucked up. Like um, you could do something with heads shoveled off for sure. Anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any anything that's Cannibal Corpse song title related or lyric related i think you could probably move into the gym pun wise relatively easily or yeah anything to do with the general anatomy muscular system anything it's 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 too easy almost also this yes i get all these fucking like custom instagram ads now and it's always like for weird little gadgets and yeah. um one of them is for like this it's this little thing that's supposed to regulate your breathing. And it's like, it looks like an inhaler and you like breathe into it and you breathe out of it. But like it, 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 there's like a light on there that helps. It's supposed to calm you down or something. And I've never heard of it. I, I gave like a, a brief seconds thought about ordering that, but then I decided not to. I figured a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I see in Instagram ads is like, it's so weird and so cool that it's almost like wish.com type shit. I'm like, I feel like it is. This looks dope as fuck, but oh, he just messaged me back. He said he thought it was at eight for some reason. Let me check and make sure that he can still do it right now because it definitely says six in the chat. He says yeah. he'll be on in a second. Okay. Invite is in his mailbox. still cool of him to be like all right let's go Off yeah. that way he can't prepare this way we can fucking blitz him with some crazy ass questions i don't have all any our, our insane just firepower that we're gonna hit him with no that like me and me and you i feel like our cognitive decline is well underway by six o'clock in the evening so like this is where it's it starts. Uh, yeah yeah this is this is where it starts to go downhill where i'm like fuck man like i I have a harder time forming sentences. It's I have to get every, I have to get everything meaningful done before like three, and I'm very lucky that I have a situation that allows me to do that because I, if I was having to do like hard shit between like three and five p.m. in the afternoon, it would be fucking terrible. I'm right there with you, man. I feel like an old man, but that's that's just how it is. That's how it is, man. But we do. We're early risers. We get shit done bright and early. What time do you go to bed? Well, 10 o'clock on the dot 10 o'clock dude that's dude that what time do you wake up like six um right now 6 30 okay good see i'm earlier bro i you I, i'm like literally eight or nine till four or five. Oh man yeah i can't uh i'm getting enough sleep but i can't i can't go to sleep that early and i don't really have a reason to wake up that early i've done it before but right now it's just easier to go to bed a little bit later so me and my wife get more time together when we are in the same town yeah um and then waking up that early i've got i've got a routine that i you can probably imagine i'm pretty uh i can pretty stuck to so I've, i've i've what i'm trying to do right now is work back to waking up a little bit earlier and i'm trying to do it gradually because pretty soon it's going to be hot as a motherfucker here and so I'm going to have to make sure that I get my runs done earlier in the day. 
Um, and, and like, that's got to happen after the magic hours. And you can leave this part in the podcast if you want to. I'll say it right now in front of God and everybody. Okay. My most, my most productive time of the day is between when I wake up in the morning and when I take a shit. Yeah. That's typically like a one to two hour window. I love it. What goes, wow. down, what goes down in that time? Writing and reading. During that time, I am drinking coffee, sitting at my computer, working on school and work-related shit. And that's when the ideas come. That's when everything flows. And then after that, it's all downhill from there, man. Okay. I'm with you, man. I just, I, I got to wake up early and do my meditation and yoga before anybody or anything interrupts me. And that usually takes like an hour. So that's why I wake up early. And then I just plug away at the uh, lifting dead army stuff and I work and I get everything done basically until I have to take a shit too. And then when I take a shit, I do my first social media post of the day. And then I guess it's it's a routine. It's a real thing. We're very, we're, we're aligned, bro. Two peas in a pod. We really, we are. I can't fucking wait to hang out with you one day. I know it'll be sweet. Will. And that day is fast approaching. I know. We got, I got to try these, <laughs> I got to try these keto buns you got, dude. These zero dude, net carbs. What? Zero net carb, Thin Slim Foods makes them. They've got fucking, and Sean from Desert Wastelands is also into them now. They've got zero carb pizza crust. They got zero carb hamburger buns, zero carb, like five different kinds of bread. Um, and it's like, I've been eating almond bread for the last two years that I've been on keto and it tastes kind of funny and it doesn't really toast up that well. And it still has like two net grams of carbs per slice, but this shit, no net carbs, feels like bread, tastes like bread. It is bread. They just modify the wheat starch in there. Is that all that they do? This is what this is. That's it. What's the brand name? Do you know? Thin Slim Foods. Thin Slim Foods. Zero carbs. Thin Slim Foods. They got a whole uh, array of different different products. Uh, now the bread and the pizza crust and the they have like rolls and buns and stuff. All that shit's good. They make cookies and stuff too, and those are fucking bad. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna eat a cookie, you should just eat a cookie. Like it shouldn't be part of your like keto yeah. diet or whatever. That's your cheat. And that's that's the thing. Well, you can't you can't have a cheat meal on keto. Is the thing. Well, you okay. I've been I've been proven wrong. The proof, yeah, yeah, I'm looking these up right now. That's why they have olive and garlic rolls. Yes, and I I fucking wreck those olive and garlic rolls, man. And they're high in protein. I bet you do. I'm I'm looking into them. This is a real thing that's happening live right now. Okay, so you got the wheat protein isolate. Okay, I, I see what's going on here. These have carbs in them though. No net carbs. They've got uh Oh, the, fiber, like, the four, 14 yeah. grams of fiber. In the, okay, I see what happened. All right, you're right. Yeah, it's it's all, it's 14 grams of carbs, and all 14 of that is fiber. And that takes us back to our conversation a little bit ago about taking a shit in the morning. And let me sure. tell you, my dude. You let these go, don't you? Fiber is a game changer. I didn't start taking my fiber game seriously until like my mid-30s. And dude, fiber changed your life. So this vital wheat gluten, is that just like what they do to the gluten to make it different? <laughs> yes, as I understand it, they just, they modify it chemically somehow. I don't know exactly how. I'm sure that if you look into it deep enough, you're going to find something that says that it gives you fucking cancer. Yeah, or, 
okay. whatever. But like I, I read the other day some article about um, about carbonated water like Lacroix and Waterloo, which I suck down like a motherfucker, and I know you drink them too. Apparently, it's it's corrosive for your teeth or whatever. And the thing is, you get to a point where you just have to say, "I'm going to let these things degrade my body." Because ultimately, at the end of the day, your body's fucking degrading anyway, man. You got to die of something. And I guess that I'm going to die of fucking starvation after all my teeth fall out and I can't eat anything anymore because I drank too many Waterloos. Right. And it's still better for you to handle the zero net carbs, the bonds that give you cancer and the Waterloos that degrade your teeth if you're not like drinking alcohol and doing blow and smoking cigarettes. So like, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's... So somebody out there, uh, I guarantee you read that article and was like, as they were putting out a fucking cigarette, was like, well, I'm done with this LaCroix shit. I'll stick like, yeah. light, motherfucker. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's all it's all whatever works for you. But I'm excited about that because those that sandwiches, those sandwiches you post looked fucking good. And I did not know, not know that you were done with meat as well. Are you going vegan? Does this happen? Uh, vegetarian um, vegetarian it's coming here in. all right next week we'll talk about Schuler's vegetarian transition we might we yeah. might get to it tonight who knows get to it tonight frank albanese are you vegetarian let's find out come on in his riffs aren't but he might be riffs are not his riffs are meaty than a motherfucker right his riffs will put any vegetarian out of business. There he is. Look at that hey fucking smiling face on that guy. How you doing, Frank. dude? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, sorry about the wait. I, uh, for some reason, thought it was going to be two hours late, later than this. Every time we have a little bit of a lengthy wait, we just get closer to one another. And so really, if anything, we owe you. Oh, no. No way. Come on, man. It's all good. We yeah, I, I was um, being here, man, and dropping whatever you were doing. Be like, oh shit, two hours in advance, whatever. Come hang. Make it happen. Right. Yeah, uh, I was halfway th- th- through a stream, and I was like, all right, guys, I have to go. <laughs> See <ya." laughs> What uh, what stream? What are you doing? Uh, streaming on Twitch uh, as Half Band. Is that a video yes. game thing? Um, I was playing games today, but we play games. We play songs like all kinds of things okay me and Shuler are kind of old and don't really know what twitch is <laughs> yeah man we uh, so like i am i am aware of twitch and i uh i know so it's monetized right like you can um if people subscribe to you uh okay. you get a portion of it like it's something like half but you guys can do so song playthroughs and fucking quarantine jams and stuff like that if you want to. And you can just like film yourself fucking hanging around or playing video games or something. Yeah, like uh, it's kind of just like YouTube, but live. But I guess YouTube also has a live thing now. But yeah, it's, it's all, the same thing. It's the singularity, baby. It's all yeah. one thing. It's all intersectional. It's all the, the future sense. is now. <laughs> So tell us a little bit. Uh, for, well, first, I'm Schuler. Um, I'm the one who you've been talking to on the interwebs. It is really good to meet you, man. I'm a very, very big fan of your band. Looking forward to hearing about uh, punishing you with all of the, the half questions that I have. Um, and then joining me is Zach Belante from Death Comes Lifting. What's up, brother? Hello, Zach. Hey, man. Schuler. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about awesome death metal shit now. 
I yes. do like that. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. And I want to kind of start in a weird place, if you don't mind. So I, um, I, when I got of Rot and Ruin, I, um, and that was my, so I got of Rot and Ruin was the first half record that I got and I worked backwards to Hive. And one of the things about it that I was like, oh, I don't know, there's no lyrics in here. And I, um, I became very, very interested in deciphering the lyrics to the songs because it sounded like there was a whole lot more going on than sort of your everyday uh, <laughs> violence and things like that, which yeah. we love that shit, that stuff's fun. But at the same time, it's always interesting when it feels like there's some world building going on. And fuck me, did I go down a rabbit hole with half? Um, oh, really? I, I am unfamiliar and I was, I was not aware of some of the major influences that you guys have sort of conceptually. What is, what is Dark Souls? Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, Dark Souls is a video game series. Um, there's three of them and all, but uh, there are uh, other games that are similar now. Um, it kind of caused this whole like trend, but um, the games are all about basically like a cycle of um, it's like the cycle of uh, fire and, and I'm trying I'm trying to make it like simple. Um, I guess you could say it's a cycle of like light and dark. That's and that as I was looking into it, I was thinking to myself like, this is going to take a really fucking long time to get caught up on if I'm trying to figure out too much what's going on. It seems like there's a massive like sort of almost like a legendarium type thing going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of lore involved, but um, when we were making that album, I. Uh, I was well all of us had been playing those games a whole lot so like it it, it was just like in my head yeah um and i think when we went into the studio i was like i only have words for like two songs and i just wrote most of them like on the spot and so it just came from something that was fresh fresh in my head which was that um and like a lot of the lore in those games is uh it's pretty heavy shit so like it was very easy to have that fit yeah and that I, I i feel like if there's a lot of heavy shit going on that is a good fit because there is sort of conceptually and musically with half a whole lot more um to the puzzle i think than than a lot of the music that i heard specifically in 2019 and i have this bad habit of making lists and sort of ranking things and everything but i spent so much time with of rotten ruin that year specifically because it's such a multifaceted record and so when i find out that there is like a whole lot of different sort of lore and storytelling and world building that goes into a record that accompanies that kind of music that always makes it even more interesting for me mm. one of the um one of the things that i'm curious about is where like sort of the genesis of you guys styles like obviously you're pulling from a whole lot of different places what kind of what kind of stuff were you listening to growing up what was your journey into heavy music like and then sort of how did you guys sort of end up doing how you're doing now like what uh what were the what was the blueprint for half like i guess i feel like it's easier to go backwards so Please like do. yeah when when we were starting half uh i started as kind of just like a side thing for me and then i got the other like i asked them like hey guys could you be a part part of this um listening to a lot of like opeth and 
bloodbath and like nevermore and stuff um yeah. just trying to trying to trying to get into just more accessible yet heavy stuff um but before that uh we were playing like the drummer and i we were playing for a few years we were playing like um i guess like tech death type stuff um so we were very much into that for a few years and uh but before that i think was when we got like the mid 2000s was when we got into like the whole swedish um sound we were really obsessed with that like uh at the gates was a huge one at the time yes Um, Yes. yeah yeah, i mean at some point you gotta get hooked on them like you 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 just have to I, I agree. And like, as an aside, real quick, the, the way that we ended up setting up this chat was because you and I follow each other on Twitter and shoot the mm-hmm. shit from time to time. And I think you're fucking hilarious. But also, because we're on Twitter, I don't know if you see a lot of the same shit that I do, but there has been an intolerable amount of fucking slaughter the soul slander on the timeline lately. I have seen that. I, I don't I don't respect it. I don't, I don't, I don't respect it more (laughs) than anything. I don't understand it. It's like such tight songwriting and it is, it, I can definitely see sort of like, not necessarily that you guys are playing melodic death metal in half, but you still have that sort of sense of melody and sort of songwriting in a lot of places that comes from listening to a band like at the gates. Right. Um, Yeah. Like we, we learned a lot from how like bands like that, how they structure their songs and their, and 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 things so like even if we're not playing the same type of music there's still like an influence that we just subconsciously have yeah absolutely so sorry for the aside sorry to interrupt oh oh oh, yeah so so yeah before that um i was obsessed with i've I've been obsessed with slayer since i was like 12 or 13 so like years um slayer's the shit and so like that came from my uncle so he 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 showed me a lot of stuff uh when i was growing up and i guess it all started uh the earliest i can remember is growing up my mom is a huge fan of sabbath so i i i would hear that my whole life yeah so i was like hell yeah man that's awesome is that a like a dvd or this is this is the new volume four super deluxe edition that I bought because I'm a fucking addict and I can't help myself. Um, I haven't even really gotten into it that much yet. It just came in the mail today. But since it's sitting oh, nice. next to me and you mentioned Sabbath, I had to pull it up. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So so like I've kind of been in it from day one. So your your mom is big into Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, they're probably like her second favorite band next to Deep Purple. Dude, that fucking rules yeah she's cool <laughs> was she like an Ozzy era so like my dad was really into black sabbath and in our house black sabbath ended when ozzy left and when i got to college i was like what is this fucking dio shit and i listened to it and i was like this is baller like You're like yeah this this, is, this fucking this rips <laughs> fucking rips and like i i came to enjoy the tony martin shit and i came to enjoy like born again like all the other sabbath like little um novelties that a lot of people don't really know about like i ended up enjoying that shit a lot is your mom like a specific era of sabbath fan or is she all over the place uh she's an ozzy era fan but she does have uh she told me about one time she went to see them with 
Dio and she got into a car crash and like still went. That's fucking. I was like, yeah, that's determination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, her and I uh, went and saw them on the last tour that 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 that, that they did. What, what was that? Twenty six sixteen. Yeah. 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 We went and saw them uh, on that tour. How was it? I'm going to keep just sidetracking you with your story, man. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about Sabbath forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. No, every, every time, every time you go into one of these little sort of off offshoot things, it, it's really interesting to me, and my uh, my inability to focus kicks in. So at any point, you can say "shut the fuck up" and let me continue. And I no, I love I love talking about them because they're like the best band, and yes. people like we do like people like to uh, like say oh you know what i don't think they're that great but they're just being contrarian contrary that's, that's, that's what i think of course same we, thing with fucking um with with slaughter of the soul right it's like well, i'm just going to take pot same, shots same shit thing very clearly rules there's a theme here yeah but uh yeah that show was awesome except uh i don't think they played anything off of sabbath bloody sabbath which bummed me out yeah, but I, like the songs are higher so like i yeah i guess i get it i think that they did at a lot of the shows they did the intro to the title track and then like went straight into paranoid but you look at like ozzy can't pull that shit off like i remember seeing them in 2001 and they and he was he was like just talking through it you know yeah. um but you know respect to the dude because that's a fucking hard song to sing it's high yes so they, yeah, did, I, think, I think they did Sabbath Buddy Sabbath Megalomania and Supernaut as an instrumental jam, like on the uh, at least oh, at the final okay. show, like without Ozzy singing at all. That's when he went to take a break, and then they just got that out of the way, kind of thing. Maybe they didn't do it at the show that I, I was at. That would be my luck. Okay. Yeah, that. But yeah, we know we love Sabbath. I have Death Comes Lifting. We have a whole Sabbath Sunday podcast we do every week, every Sunday, and just talk about different eras of Black Sabbath. And uh, I've heard it. Oh, thank you, sir. That's yeah. amazing. All right, just want just want everyone to know that that's how much we love Sabbath. So you're you're in, man, and you're invited on the show anytime. Shoulders coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I was listening to the the Snowblind one uh, like last week. Dude, that means a lot. <laughs> thank you. That's so cool. No problem. Let's talk more about Black Sabbath. <laughs> what is your well? Wait, never mind. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll save we that. For we gotta save that for later. We can't get to that part yet. I, I wasn't I, gonna I would, ask that, but I'm, we're just gonna save it till the end. It's gonna. Yeah, is, I would. I would ask what your mom's favorite Black Sabbath record is, but I feel like that's getting. I feel like we're hung up on your mom too much. And I yeah, right. Cry. Like, stop. Yeah. Do you want to just get my mom in here? You know, but fucking. So. Let's go back to, uh, it's really cool to, to think about like bands like Black Sabbath being an influence too, and Slayer as well. Um, because what you guys are doing is sort of, you can definitely find, you can see with all extreme metal that, that it's sort of building on that foundation. But for a band like Hack that has journeyed so far into much more melodic and much more progressive territory, it's always cool to look back and be like, yeah, this dude licks the same caveman shit that i listened to when i was a kid yes um yeah. tell me tell me about slayer oh slayer uh my uncle was always a big slayer fan and he showed them to me i i, I think i was in seventh or eighth grade and he lent me uh the concert album that they dropped uh decade of aggression yeah and then i love that and then he gave me his copy of 
show no no mercy and that was just i, I listened to that non-stop for years i was like i'm gonna learn all these songs and like uh, i don't know there there's just an attitude uh to every single album that like i just think a lot of bands don't capture and like a lot of bands are cool and they play heavy stuff and fast stuff but there's just a certain like looseness and attitude to it that they just don't have that slayer has and that's that something is... that like i always want to keep in mind like there's just a natural flow to them that is important there yeah and i i think that there's especially with carrie king songs and carrie king's playing there's always this feeling like he's about to come off the rails a little bit like sloppy is not the word that i'm looking for but like you said sort of loose and freestyly and i i think that that's that's one of the things that i like about them too yeah um i believe rick root rick yeah rick Ruben did uh he, he 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 was talking about when they tracked the drums and um he said uh they were too perfect um so like the tracks that they have are it's the tracks on rain and blood um yeah. the tracks that they kept are when they thought like he was gonna screw up but it was perfect like it was right on the edge of perfect Interesting, man. And I and I don't think, especially with a band with that, I don't know, I, I find myself sometimes in these conversations comparing like what happens now to what happened sort of in the earlier days of this genre. And I got to stop doing that because it really is just fucking apples to oranges. You know what I mean? It's Oh, yeah. It, I don't I don't want to do the fucking old man yells at cloud shit where it sounds like I'm saying back in the good old days or whatever, because the, now is good days. Right. Like there's so yeah. much fucking killer shit coming out now. Um, but at the same time, it is it is interesting to think that that kind of vibe, studio time, in which you've got professionals like that sort of attending to the to the proceedings, um, and just having the liberty to play enough times that you can decide to keep sort of a halfway sloppy take as opposed to going for the perfect one, like that shit is something that I don't think a lot of bands will ever experience in their recording, right? Just because yeah. it's yeah. It's, that's a that's a days gone by yeah like i think a lot of people now um since they can track at home a lot of people will track until they think it's as perfect as can be and sometimes it can be pretty lifeless like that like they'll like oh i'll just punch in over and over until it's right but i don't know sometimes you just gotta have someone there to say no stop just keep that one yeah or that sounds fine because because like you want the whole picture to sound good not just one thing and like yeah. we do that where like sometimes we, th we think that one take by itself doesn't sound great. But when you play all the instruments together, it sounds good. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the recording situation like for you guys? Did you guys track it at home or do you have like a studio that you go to? What's 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 up with that? Our drummer, AJ, actually owns his own. Solid. Yeah. So we do everything with him and uh, it's been great. He started he started messing around with the recording. I want to say. 2012 or 13 so by the time we did hive uh in it started in 2014 but we completed it in early 2015 uh he had gotten pretty good i guess you could say so he did that one and then when we did uh the album in 2018 uh we did all of that with him too and he fucking knocked it out the park 
He really did. I like I'm I'm sitting here looking at the liner notes right now and I didn't I didn't realize that the whole thing had been done at his place. Um and you guys are in Jersey, right? Whereabouts mm-hmm. are you? Um three of us are in South Jersey, one of us is up north. So like three of us are very close to Philly and the other guy's close to New 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 York. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So he probably I mean, like I would think a I don't know. I part of me wants to say like he probably gets pretty regular booking and shit with a studio but at the same time with covid and everything it might be a little bit weird covid's made it tough but uh he's got he's got some people booked i don't think i can say who but that's fine he's got some book yeah that's cool yeah i'm in i'm in pittsburgh so you know always always cool to hear of the east east coast death metal repping up in here Oh yeah, brother. Uh, I we came through Pittsburgh a few years ago. We played. Um, oh man, uh, the something moose. The smiling moose in the yes. south side. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> How was that experience for you? you um, shockingly low turnout, but man, the yeah. food was killer. <laughs> it's a great bar and a, and a great food, but the, uh, the the sound sucks most of the time. No, not to put them on blast or anything on the podcast. Yeah, right. like most <laughs> you know, wait, people, you've already done it. Most people say that, so you know, and it's not not everybody's favorite place to see a show. So it's not surprising that it's that low of a turnout. But next time you come through, let me know. We'll <laughs> figure it out. I will yeah. definitely do that. Yeah, in in what twenty twenty six. Well, yeah, I was going to say right. ten years when you guys can can come here. Let me know. Do you when have the last time y'all were on the road? Yeah uh like fully on the road uh january 2019 um we uh... had done a like a few shows since then but that that was the last time that we like left the state um our last show was i want to say november 7th 2019 uh opening for nile and terrorizer shit that was a great show i can imagine doesn't sound bad (laughs) What's um? Now you guys did the slay at home thing, right? Is yeah, that, yeah. T- t- talk about that a little bit. Like, what? Um, it's always interesting to hear sort of bands, especially bands who have really cut their teeth as live acts, um, talk about the whole live streaming thing and sort of how that's gone. And I guess you could talk a little bit about the Twitch thing too while you're at it. Like, does it feel like you're performing? Does it feel like practice? Like, um, I'll talk about the Twitch thing first. Uh, yeah since we can't play shows like we feel like you just kind of fall off of the earth um if you don't do anything so like it's just a way for us to stay like engaged with people and it's something to do like it's fun like we, we don't have anything to do you can't go go out so like i stream on tuesdays and fridays so that's something to do on tuesday and friday um but yeah, it's mainly just to stay like involved with the audience. But um, it doesn't feel too much like a performance because I guess the people aren't there with me and they're talking yeah. to me as I do stuff. So it's kind of performative, but at the same time, it's not. Um, but the Slate Home thing, uh, we were actually talking about filming something and then asking if we could be a part of it. But then... AJ and his studio, he got occupied. He had a lot to uh, do. So it just kind of like fell through. And then uh, 
they contacted us, I want to say around Christmas time, maybe a bit before Christmas and asked if we wanted to be in the, in the January one. And we wanted to, but you know, Christmas happened in the holidays and then we had a COVID scare. Well, two of them. So that slowed things down. But um, then we, yeah, I want to say Pete and Greg filmed their parts at their homes. And then me and AJ filmed our stuff at the studio because I live pretty close. So I was like, I'll just come there because I'm in a small place. Um, and then, yeah, we just sent it, we sent it over uh, about, uh, I think a week before they, about a week before it aired. And uh, the response seemed pretty good. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it turned out good. It's, it's, it's weird. I think uh, doing these sets, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's people who they really don't like it and who complain about it. They're like, it's, it, it's cheaper than a live show. And I'm like, it doesn't even match up to a live show. Like it's apples and oranges. Um, I think a lot of people don't try to put energy into it to make it feel worth watching because at the end of the day, you want people to watch it. Right. So are you just going to stand there like a statue and like look like you're sad to be there? No, no. You <laughs> you want to try and give it the energy of a live show. Um, I think that's part of it. I think some people really do go the extra mile to just, just emote a bit and make it worth watching or at least, you know, try and have fun with it. I, I think having fun is the most important thing. That's, that's what we're all doing. We're trying to have fun. So the streaming on Twitch it's still fun as I'm doing it. These, 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 these streams and stuff. Like I try to have fun while we're there taping it. That's all it's about. What's uh? And how do do you feel like half is a particularly fun live act? Like do you guys go out of your way to to make the show not just necessarily energetic, but also sort of enjoyable, right? I enjoy playing live. Yeah, I think I think it's fun. I always like to try and get people to laugh at something. Like I just try and do something to make someone laugh. Um, I like to talk shit to the, to the, to, to the crowd, but in like a fun way. Um, the, the playful jester. Yeah. 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 Like I, I like to tell them, I don't know. I like to insult them, but that gets, yeah, that gets, that gets people worked up. One of the, uh, exactly. so I saw, I saw six feet under, um at at vino's brew pub in little rock arkansas this was in like 2004 and chris barnes kept making references to the fact that they were playing in a pizza shop and like watching this sort of antagonistic relationship between him and the crowd i thought was fucking funny especially (laughs) given the fact that it was like a six feet under crowd who I don't know. I don't know how much I want to say right anyway. Who cares? You know? What's that? They were they're all high eating pizza anyway. <laughs> under show is probably the best situation. Precisely. Them and the band. Yeah, that's what I mean. So Precisely. was he complaining? I couldn't really tell. And that was one of the things that I thought was interesting about it. I don't know if he was complaining. I wouldn't doubt it if he was, but right. the audience was definitely taking it that way, is is what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I think you gotta walk that line of like is he does he really not like us <laughs> or yeah. is, he's clearly just joking is it possible that chris barnes is a dick maybe oh no of course not <laughs> yeah surely not surely not are you a bit so obviously you fuck with cannibal corpse please tell me you uh i fuck with cannibal corpse did you hear that new song of course what was that two weeks ago or three yes. weeks ago? okay well you, you said that i was like oh fuck is there another one but yes yes <laughs> I, I, I heard that new 
that shit fucking rips. I'm excited. That shit had me like acting out. I was yes. like, I was like, I I had to sit down. <laughs> I, had to, I had to stand up. I was like, no. this is fucking. This is um. It, it sounds so energetic and it sounds so fun and like being a fan of that band for as long as I have been, like every time they do something new, I feel like that genuine excitement that I had about shit when I was a kid. That's kind of harder to, to come by these days. Right. Um, yes. I actually so, haven't jammed the cannibal album since evisceration plague. And it's like, it's not for any reason. I just never like, I just got so into all the other stuff Yeah, yeah. that I was like, Oh yeah, Cannibal Corpse rips. Yes, <laughs> and then go this, back, this go back and listen to those last three records, man. The records that have come out since Evisceration Plague are fucking awesome. Yeah, and the great, great, easy thing is, like, since then, I've, I've seen them live maybe like five or six times since then. So yeah. it makes no sense that I haven't checked these these out. Well, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, there's there's so much other shit out there to listen to that sometimes you're gonna end up getting backed up. Like I I'm in the same boat, and it's always it's always fun to get to a point where like you in death metal you never run out of shit to listen to, and it's probably that way in like black metal and and other sort of subgenres, niche genres like this that have been around for a really long time. Like I've I've been listening to this shit seriously. As in, like, going out of my way to find new shit, buying shit, all this, you know, writing about it, living and breathing it for, like, over 20 years now. And I still consistently come across shit that I was, that's, and it's not just because it's new. Stuff that's been around forever that I just never fucking got around to. Benediction. I didn't fucking really dive into Benediction until, like, two years ago. I was kicking my ass the whole time. Dude, I'm, I'm constantly like, oh, this band who's been, who's put out four albums who I never heard of. Uh, totally fucking slays it yes. happens like <laughs> happens like once a month if 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 not more well it happens with death metal um and it's pretty clear you know we've talked a little bit about some of your other influences but what's some of the other shit that you listen to outside of death metal are you a big fan of especially as an instrumentalist i think what's going on in half music wise is obviously uh not chump shit right you guys are pulling from some pretty eclectic backgrounds like what else do you listen to um i do like a lot of like old like prog rock um i've been rocking out to synth wave for like six years now um I, I i like love that um growing up uh i heard a lot of zappa in the house so like oh, yeah. a bunch of weird stuff like that um i like a lot of like like i don't know uh I guess pop, but not like radio, like radio pop. Like yeah. I do like a lot of like artists who are classified as pop. Um, really, that's the stuff I listen to the most is all that stuff. What's um? What are some examples of like pop that's not classified as pop? You gotta, you gotta. I, say I, I mean, like, like so, so like, there's a lot of artists who like you may not hear on the radio but who are pop and i'm like all right let's look through my library because i i'm actually like blanking on this like um charlie x ex i really like her a lot um pale waves is cool uh who else i really like i mean those are probably the largest examples those are the ones i played the most 
As I understand it from my old man perch, sort of on the outside looking in, a lot of the uh, a lot of the DJ body at the university where I teach and where I have my radio show are are super into uh, Charlie XCX and a whole lot of other it's like I listen to it from time to time and yes it is super poppy but the cool thing about college radio or at least our station anyway is that if something hits top 40 we can no longer play it um as a as a non-commercial radio station so I uh I should I should put you in touch with our music office director because he would probably be able to throw a whole bunch of shit at you that's definitely pop but that's not like commercial radio pop there's a lot of it's really cool to especially being in like this death metal microcosm that I'm pretty much in and that I've been in for years now. I don't really know too much about what's going on outside of it, which is not because it's not like a disrespect or a condescension type thing. It's just like, I, I'm happy where I am. Um, And if I got the urge to check something else out, then I would. Um, But it is cool every now and then to sort of look across to what's going on in another little niche area and see how vibrant and how active it is. And one of the things that, in, that keeps me interested and keeps me passionate at the station is just how, how much interesting and weird underground shit the kids who are also DJs there listen to and where they find it and how they cultivate it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I'm always uh, curious about where people find all this stuff because it's it's hard for me like i can't keep up and then i'm just like where does everybody find all this good shit i I don't know if they i know that they all use spotify and i don't know if they spotify hop or whatever because i don't necessarily i don't use spotify so i'm not entirely sure how it works this is pathetic i'm actually new i i i switched to spotify like two months ago um i used google play for like uh something like eight years and um they ditched it it's no longer a thing oh is it not they like shut it down yeah they uh they moved everyone over to youtube music which is one of the worst apps i've ever used (laughs) every if i think about a youtube music app i always think of like the subpar shitty rips that people just post up there is it Uh, it tapping into those you 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 can hear those with the actual albums that you're streaming, and the problem is sometimes it downloads those shitty rips. Really, which would piss me off. Yeah, like I would go to play some, some like I would go to play a playlist, and then I would hear like a shitty rip of something, and I'm like, why does this sound so bad all of a sudden? I've been listening to it for eight years with no problem. It's never sounded this shitty before. It, remi- yeah. it reminds me of like fucking. Uh, Napster and Kazaa and like Bear Share back in the day, Livewire back in the day, where you like it says like Deftones unreleased or whatever, and it turns out to be <laughs> like, like, like not, some not fucking, even Deftones. Yeah, this is not Deftones at all. I feel like I got fucking bamboozled, and yeah. it's interesting to think about like a YouTube or I, I, maybe infuriating to think about like paying for a service, um, and then only to get like shitty rips from fucking. <laughs> from somebody's youtube upload that's that lame man that and it's just laid out bad i i just don't like how it's laid out so i was like all right i'm gonna finally give in i'll try out spotify but like google play would give me stuff that it thinks i would like it would do that every week and like spotify makes a playlist but i'm like i don't want a playlist just list the albums so i can pick that's all i want just 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 list me 10 albums that you think i would like from this week 
So are you a full album listener or are you an yes. individual song listener? I am full album guy, front to start. For sure. I can definitely see that with uh with your band. It's uh, I I think the whole the whole album is a very important part of the experience because I don't know, I feel like people craft these songs for years, usually, and then they put them in a certain order for a reason. And I'm like I like when things flow together. I like when they tell a story. I feel like I like to feel like I'm going on a journey, you know, from start yeah. to end. That's I think that's important. And uh, so yeah, I I I'm a full album guy. Do you do you think that it's sort of like a challenging? And you get you you always get these. Anytime this question gets asked to like an old school person, like fucking Tommy Lee or somebody like that. You're always going to get like, oh, the, they destroyed the music business or whatever. But like as a young guy talking about you, um, as a young guy who has got a band that's in its prime, that is very much a part of like circulation wise. A lot of people probably find your music through Spotify. Um, do you feel like that is affecting your ability to get them the experience that you want them to have with the music that you craft only hearing one song at a time um honestly i never thought about how others consume it like i never thought about um people listening to one song or or song one and then song six it's not really, i don't really think about how other people approach it because the way i go into it is like i like it it's the way I want it. And if other people agree, then that's cool. I just, I am like, I don't want to be, um, I don't want us to be like the kind of band who uh, goes around moving things around because we think it's what someone else would want. So I, I just, we, we generally just try not to even think that way about it, I guess. That's pretty diplomatic. I mean, like more than anything, I just think like from, from the standpoint of the person who creates the music, right? Mm -hmm. If you've got this journey that you want, you know, that obviously you yourself went on with creating it. Um, it's interesting to me to think about how other people would digest something like that, right? Whether it's piecemeal or whether yeah. it's not. And like, I'm not trying to get a hot take out of you or anything <laughs> like that. Like, oh, oh I mean Napster, fuck Spotify. No, it's just like, it's interesting to me as a creator myself, right, there's this really cool sort of liberation that happens between when you create something and it's your baby and then you put it out there and other people get it, right? And then at that point, it's only partially yours. Like there are things about that that become highly personalized for other people and they make it theirs in a way, right? Um, and so it's interesting to hear about how that resonates with people who create music that I've like specifically um, I, there was, uh, of Rotten Ruin came out at a pretty tumultuous time for me. And I spent a lot of time listening to specifically the more melodic parts of the, like the catchier parts of those songs. And a lot of times it's, it's kind of a journey to get there. There's this really sort of heavily, heavy pummeling shit. Um, that's, that's definitely more, you know, when you say that you're an Opeth fan, I can see a whole lot of like Blackwater Park influences and some of the heavier parts there. Um, and then you get to these amazing clean parts that are just super catchy. And I feel like I, I feel like I 
implanted a lot of the, that time in those songs on my own. And I don't know if listening to it sort of out of order or hearing it randomly from wherever, if, if it would have sort of hit that same way. And it's more than anything, it's just sort of me going off on a tangent about how I enjoy music. But from the other end of it, it's always interesting to hear what people think. I mean, like, I would prefer if people played it all in order because we put the work into it. But um, I guess when you look at all the apps, like uh, our top tracks are just, it's like track one, two, three, four. So like, I, 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 I see people playing it in that order, mostly at least. So I just assumed everyone was. <laughs> well, and that's so going from the album to going to a single um you guys recently re-released the hive ep and mm -hmm. that was remastered and you tacked a brand new song onto the end of that which fucking rules uh yes. tell us a little bit about that so the song that we added on was actually um i started to write it when we were recording hive uh in the first place but i never got it done and then uh, when we were recording A Rotten Ruin, the song was finished, but there was just something about it that just, it just wasn't right. So this time, um, the late label asked us, hey, um, would, 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 would you guys like to like, press Hive since you haven't done that? We were like, yeah, we can do that, but we don't want to just like leave it the same and ask people to pay for it. Like That feels wrong. So it was like, all right, let's add a song. So we went to this old song. We we're like, all right, let's make some changes. So we made some changes. And um, I like lyrically tied it into to all of Hive so that it, it, it fit more. And I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, yeah, I think it turned out good. So it really was part of a bigger whole then, huh? I, yeah, so like it, it, it really is part of Hive more than it's not. I wasn't sure if it was like a brand new song that you guys put together. It's tight to find out. See, I live for shit like this. I love like reissues. I grew up in the Roadrunner Records era where like you buy yeah. a record and then you know three months down the road they're going to re-release that motherfucker <laughs> with some bonus tracks and like expanded artwork or whatever. And, I'm a sucker um, for it. What's that? I I'm a sucker for it. Oh yeah, me too. And so like when I found out that Hive was getting pressed for the first time, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna grab this motherfucker. And then I saw that there was an extra track on there and I was hoping in my mind that maybe there was some sort of a story behind it like that. But this, we, we had um, Gabriel Franco from Idle Hands on here not too long ago. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I just heard it last night, actually. Oh, Dude, cool. he's, a, he's such a cool guy and that band fucking rules. Um, and talking about that Don't Waste Your Time 2 EP that they put out back in the summer, um, sort of the same, a, a very similar thing, right? Going back to older stuff that wasn't finished for whatever reason or that was mostly finished and that there were things about it they didn't quite like. Go back, tweak it, re-record it, you know, and then put it out there. And it sort of, it complements the thing, but it also stands on its own. And I think that that's interesting too. Yeah, I... Uh... I agree. I think it's it's important that like if you're doing something like twice or, or if you're going to put something out that that is kind of old, I, th I think it is important to add something or change something. I, I just I never really liked the idea of just um, like capitalizing on a re 
release for no reason. Yeah. Just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, it, and it does, it does seem like, I'm sure from like the production end of it, like labels and, and everything with COVID and with sort of, like you said, without being able to play live, people's attention spans are so short that you just sort of fall off the face of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that there was a whole lot of options being discussed about like things like reissues or things like vinyl variants and things like that. And so while some of those things are, yes, something that you're basically buying twice, um, it is cool to have gotten something out of it like the reissue of Hive, which has, you know, gave it a facelift sound wise, as I understand it. And then also mm-hmm. this new song that we didn't get a chance to hear uh, before. It's pretty tight, man. Yeah, I'm uh I'm glad it went how it did. Um we actually planned it in like January of 2020, so it was like I'm glad we did some, something. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. All right. You want to answer some nerdy fan questions? Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. We have so, fans that listen to this and ask questions. Not, not our fans. Did, fucking you, did, you make, did you make these questions up? Or I'll answer questions? your fans' questions. So, so one of the uh, and I say a fan. This is so my buddy Rick. Rick, if you're listening right now, what up, dog? Uh, up, Rick? We've known each other. We've known each other since like fucking grade school. We go Hell way yeah. way back, and he's he's one of the only dudes who's my age who still listens to metal. Um, and uh, he is a massive Hath fan, and he is also okay. a guitar player. Um, and he has he has like his own uh, Instagram page where he does shit, and he's rocking a Hath shirt all the time when he's playing it. Um, but he says, he says, uh, what I want to know is, let me see that rig, amps, pedals, guitar mods. Tell us, tell the people who are listening how you get that sound, man. Are you a big gear nerd? I'm actually not. I'm I am such a um a simple guy i'm like just plug me in <laughs> like but uh yeah but the other three guys are all they they know all this gear stuff but um yeah on the album so i was playing a seven evan string prs se the 2024 um and what so i think we used two heads for my tone uh we played through a dual wreck and an orange head and we tracked both of those tones and uh we played through a left hand wrath pedal in the bow so that's how we get that tone and it's like blended only 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 only, it's blended in only like halfway so the left hand wrath is like a um it's like an HM2 clone with more options. So that's why there's like a slight HM2 sound, but not completely. I like the, I like the, the, the double entendre there, left hand wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, but um, we've got the, we've got the custom bloodbath version. There's only, I think 25 of them. And, uh, the so, guy. So this is an this is an actual pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, okay, um, I wasn't sure if you were saying it was like a like a, when you say clone, I wasn't sure if it was like a software or something. But oh no, yeah. Um, there's it's a only guy. Twenty five. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna look it up really fast. Uh, no, please do. I'm because I'm curious about this now. We want to know. 
Yeah. So what's the rat pedal? Uh, the guy who makes it is Lone Wolf. Uh, yeah, Lone Wolf Audio. He makes a lot, a lot of cool shit. He makes really, really cool shit. And uh, he made the Left Hand Wrath, which is an HM2 clone with just a lot of options. It's got, I think, s- seven things that you can change on it. But um, Bloodbath had him make one for them when they were doing, I think, Grand Morbid Funeral. Oh, no shit. It, it, it might have been that album, but they might have done it for Fathomless Master. But I think it was Grand Morbid Funeral. And so the guy sold like 25 of, of those. And uh, the day he posted it, I was like, AJ, you have to buy this right now, right now. <laughs> and he did. And man, it sounds so fucking good. But um, there's a switch on it where like you can like, have it blended into the tone gradually. So we did that uh, coming out of a dual rec and an orange. I can't remember the precise head, but uh, coming out of a Mesa cab. Uh, and that's how I got my tone on the album. Do you have any, does that, is that what you want to stick with or do you feel like i guess that since you know that's the album album tone live i play uh i play through a line six pod x3 live which is a footboard that i believe i read opeth was using like years ago i bought this thing in like 2011 from some guy on craigslist and i (laughs) ill and i get i get a good tone uh i don't have to like haul a ton of shit it's just one board it's great and that well that leads us to his second question um he says that what other uh what other guitars do you have he says that typically he sees you playing jacksons um and he says he has a jackson and he loves it but he's curious about what other shit you play um well i've had a Jackson uh, Rhodes V. Um, that's my six string. I've had that for, I want to say, 15 years now. And I love that thing. But for Hath, we play sevens. Um, I got a Schecter Diamonds series that I've had for about 10 years now. I like that. What that what, I don't know. Eight years. And um, I got my PRS SE24. Um, but the Jackson is actually AJ's. I play it all the time because I love I just love that thing. Um, I want to buy more Jacksons. Um, I want a warrior with a hip shot bridge. That's that's my goal right right now. Yes. If you're listening right now, give this man whatever he wants. Because we need more shit. What uh, what's the what's the status with um, with half right now? Are you guys obviously if you can tour again, I assume that you want to, um, but you working on yeah. anything new? What's going on? If AJ wasn't so booked at the studio, we'd probably be recording right now. <laughs> um, so you've got, yeah. you've got stuff written. Yeah, the tracks are all musically. They're all done. Um, I wrote lyrics. They're not like put to each song yet but i wrote lyrics the songs are all done we're just waiting to start tracking um it might be a few weeks or months just because we're so busy with like life stuff 
but I think we're going to shoot for May or June to start. So hopefully this year, hopefully this year. It's entirely possible that we get a new half record before the end of the year then. If, if all goes well. Yeah. Excellent. 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 What about touring? Well, same situation too. It's too hard to say just with COVID and, and all like we could say, yeah um 2022 february but i don't know there could be like new strain of covid that takes like i saw today that uh that texas has just lifted all of its restrictions and i put my head and put my head in my hands and i said to myself jesus fucking christ um do we have to feed the economy with the bodies of all of the people who are going to fucking die now. Like this is horrible. Well, um, with capitalism, that's an inevitability. Yes. Why, why I'm, not? Just, I'm, no... I'm, I'm hoping this, I'm just the only silver lining is that hopefully more people, more and more people see where they stand in the system. Yeah, because the the person who's not going to be fucking affected by this is the governor of Texas. I guarantee you this shit's not going to fucking harm him whatsoever. But like the most vulnerable people out there, they're fucked. And that is... Everyday? Yeah. Yeah. That is incredibly sad and incredibly unjust. And what I am hoping is that this ramps up their fucking vaccine availability. If If they're opening everything up, hopefully... That means that they make this shit more available and more people are able to get vaccinated. Because I think their state is like 13% vaccinated right now, which I, I, I'm, I'm surprised it's that high. I'm, yeah, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know if they consider that number good or not, given the speed of everything so far. But I just I feel like we probably want to get that number up. Uh, man, it's so disheartening. <laughs> it's just it, it really is. How is how's COVID been for you, man? Um, I still have to go to work every day. So like my, my, my daily life is almost the same as it was, except, uh, the weekends. I'm just like, I, I, I can't go see anybody and it sucks. It, it's very, um, it kind of wears down on you. You're it, it, it's exhausting to be cautious of everyone around you. Like that's, I, I don't hear anybody say that a lot. Like they're like yeah it's hard to be away from people but then like when you're forced to be near people you're like has this person been safe yeah are they they being safe now that's the weirdest thing for me is like there's a few people who i do see who like we talk every day so we know like like i know where they've been i know where i've been and stuff and like sometimes just like what if they don't know yeah that like they're carrying it or something like it, it 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 it's past a trust thing it's just how comfortable am i it's still it's still weird i don't know it's it is i, I don't I, like it man i don't either i mean and it's changed it's definitely i i don't know if the way that i interact with people is ever going to be the same again just because no. like i i'm kind of a standoffish person anyway my I, i'm the opposite so like i don't go to work anymore but i never i i work from home now but I never went out to begin with. I don't, like, I don't, I just don't really go out. Like, it's not, it's just not my thing. So, like, that hasn't affected me. But now, 
when I do see people like my neighbors or pretty much anybody other than my wife, um, I, I find myself doing the same thing where like it's, it is a level of awareness that is above just the typical, you know, being conscious of having somebody around you. It's, it's, there's like that nervousness underneath it that almost feels, I don't know, animal-like. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like that this is, I feel like this is going to change the way that we interact with each other. And I don't think that there's any going back. I, I absolutely agree. I think, the only good thing about it is that I've I've definitely gotten um, I've definitely gotten involved with people from like all over the place from like yeah. online and stuff because we're talking all the time online because none of us are doing anything, so right. like that's that's cool. So I've I've made more friends online than any other year, uh, which is a plus. I mean, more people's more people, right? I feel like I feel like the best thing that I've come out of this with is fucking hand hygiene i yes i'll just come out and say like i guess i'm a fucking animal or whatever but i never washed my hands <laughs> like you animal. i would take i would take a shower of course like i would bathe my body or whatever and if i like if i but had specifically visible, not your hands yeah like if i had if i had <laughs> if i had like visible like something on my hands like if i I don't know when I'm reaching out to pick up my dog's shit or something. I find out that the bag's got a hole in it. Yeah. I'm going to go wash my hands. But short of something like that, I just didn't wash my hands. You know what I mean? And like, I never got sick or anything. I just never really thought about it. But now God damn, I am a thorough fucking hand washer. I'm sitting there and I'm singing my morbid angel song to me myself so that I know how long <laughs> nice. I need to do it. And like, I'm fucking paying close attention to how often I touch my face. And I've started using other parts of my fucking everything but my hands to like scratch my nose and shit like that. So it's, it's, it's like, it's changing us down to our mannerisms. And I, I just, I think that this is a really interesting thing to study like anthropology wise for the next generation. Oh, it's gonna be weird. Like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna wear a mask all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not trying to catch even the common cold. Like I'm very happy with this. It's fine. Yeah. Do you think this is going to normalize masks after this? Like after everybody fucking gets vaccinated, do you think like, cause you know, like a lot of Asian countries, yeah. as I understand it, that's like a common seasonal thing. Like it's up, it's that time of year mask up. I think it might be like that level. Like it's not going to be, you know, um, the, 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 it's not going to be the majority, but yeah. I, de I definitely foresee a lot of people still wearing them. Like, I'm going to flat out like I'm pretty sure I am. Too. I don't care. I'm not trying to get sick, man. I'm not. And exactly. I'm not trying to get, it's so good. Not, not being sick. It fucking rules. It's really great. It's uh, I like breathing, and, but fucking more than anything else, like what you said earlier about somebody having it and not knowing that to me is something that would really fuck me up. If I, if I got it and it was asymptomatic or whatever, and I found out that I gave it to somebody else, like I would feel really terrible about that so yeah. i'm gonna try and try and avoid that by just you know continuing to wear a mask and like i feel like a lot of people weren't aware that that could be a thing uh like a lot of people just weren't aware they're like oh you can be sick and not show it yes yeah <laughs> so it i feel like happens. now that it's good that more people know that well it, it is and it's also you know we we've been sort of corralled into this system that that rewards 
or at least it doesn't necessarily reward it, but it expects you to work through being sick and to show up even when you're sick and we don't have symptoms and things like that. So yeah. now the idea of like, you know what, just stay the fuck at home. Um, if, if you think that you might be sick, like that offends people or it like affects them to their core, like on some sort of subconscious level where they think that they like morality comes into it. I think, Oh, I'm not going to work today. So I'm doing something wrong. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm hoping a lot more people come out of this. Like, okay, I don't need to be, um, <laughs> exploited when sick. Right? My, my job is not my fucking family like yeah. that. All that stuff has kind of fallen apart now. Hope, well, hopefully, like the illusion of it has. And like you said, hopefully people, the people who are the most vulnerable are hopefully at a point now where they realize that like even the illusion of somebody giving a shit about them is not worth much anymore. Like, yeah, I'm like, there hasn't been anyone even pretending. Like, just don't just, it kills me, man. It kills me. It does. It does. It does. But alas, we're gonna do what we can. I just the time has the, the time has come to ask you, oh, Frank. Shit. Oh, he knows a very a very important question, right. and I for one cannot wait to hear where this goes. Zach, please do the I, honor. I can't wait, Frank. You know what's happening. What what is what is what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Fantastic. Listen. And why? Um, if you ask the band, they'll tell you it's their best one. Um, I think it's their last good one with Ozzy. Um, they, they wrote it in a fucking castle. They did. How sick is that? A, yeah. a, a, a supposedly haunted one. And with with uh, with the it's interesting also to read about like the pranks that they were fucking playing on each other during the recording of this in the castle, like thinking about those guys as young men running around doing dumb shit after dark, and then like the result ended up being that record. I absolutely I love, love the title track, Sabracadabra Fucking rips. Sabracadabra is my second favorite song of theirs, next to Snow Ooh. Snow Snowblind. Wow, Sabracadabra is just so fucking. It's got like sexual energy i don't know how else yeah. to put it. that riff is that riff is fucking sexy man that's the one song that i wish i could hear like recorded with technology today like i i i want to hear that played like in a modern way but everybody else i hear play it doesn't do it right <laughs> yeah what do you mean what do you mean doesn't do like, it quite right like um uh there was a cover on it uh i mean a cover of it on I think Metallica did, did it on Garage Inc. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. The energy's not there. It's, def it's definitely different. I, like, I and I don't know the if they'd they be able to it. replicate that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just the way that they play it. Like, that's just one song where, like, man, I wish I could hear this with, like, tracked in a modern way. But I don't know. That, that song rips the title track, rips, uh, the whole thing it's just so fucking yeah. good and uh rick wakeman is on it playing the keyboards yeah. and he was in yes right mm -hmm. and then you know his son uh was playing keyboards for black sabbath when you saw them i did not know that i feel like yeah. i should have known this adam adam wake wakeman um was the uh touring 
keyboard player for for Black Sabbath. I know during that last tour, and I think for a number of years before that too. Which, that's pedigree shit right there, man. That's second generation shit right there. That's dope. The Sabbath family. Do, before Fred, do you really not like sabotage though? Saying that Sabbath Buddy Sabbath is the last good one with Ozzy. Just have to get just have to get this out there. I forgot that that's after. Uh, okay. Sabotage is good. Uh, right. A lot of people say it's their best, and I don't agree. Um, symptom okay. of the un- of the un- universe rules. Yes. Yes. Hole in the sky. That's I do love hole in the sky. That is another sexual song. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that album's good. Um, okay. I forgot right. that that's after. Just Fuck. wanted to clear that up. That's all. You got me. You got me. <laughs> just, that's it. Sabotage is Zach's favorite, man. He's going to go to oh, that right? for okay. Yeah, he can't help himself. But I love Sabbath Buddy Sabbath, too. I love them all. It is. It's like they're all like your, it's like your kids, you know? You love yeah. them all for different ways. Like, I, I almost picked Paranoid because, like, for a long time, I, I was like, oh, that's the popular one. I can't like that one, yeah. you know? But over time, I'm like, man, I mean, but- other than those three, like, singles – the whole thing rips but sabbath bloody sabbath is just for me it's unique like i recall playing that vinyl all the time and just like looking at the art and shit just it stands out it's deep like that fucking art man it is i fucking love it good shit dude and i i i I feel like it makes sense listening to your musical output that you would be a big fan of that record because there's a whole lot of progression and there's a whole lot of different shit going on that I think you definitely put into the music that you make in half. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely care about the vibe and the atmosphere and take it on a journey at the same time. It has to have both. And that album has both. Yes. And hopefully we're going to hear new music from half this year. Fingers crossed. Everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Things go as planned. We'll see what happens. Hopefully you guys get back on the road. You can hook up with Zach in Pittsburgh and he can show you whatever yeah. it is that you, what do you do in Pittsburgh? You don't, uh, Philly cheesesteak is in Philly. Listen to my dumb country ass from down South. I don't know. I, I don't know what you guys have in Pittsburgh. We got Permani sandwiches, dude. We got French fries on the sandwich. With Yo, Permani brothers. Right. That's, That's fucking it. baller. Hell That's yeah. Yeah. He knows what's up. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to jam Sabbath 27 yeah. to get some from Andy brothers next time you're in the area. Awesome. Take a pick for the gram. Let me know. Uh, Frank, dude, it was great to meet you, man. Thank you so much for your time, dude. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, you're the best. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Man. Absolutely. You are welcome back anytime. We hope to hear from you soon. And I, uh, I look forward to your continued tweets about <laughs> fucking goblins and, uh, me and the boys are of ill repute. I love it. <laughs> it brightens my day, man. Thank you for being you. No problem. It keeps me sane at work. I can only imagine. I'm like, should I just hang up? <laughs> Yeah, man. All good. All right. I think you froze first. You, well, there, I, I, I had something frozen over here. Are you there? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. You want to do the outro, Zach?
Hello. Yes. What's what's going on? We good? I'm sorry. Yeah. What's up? My bad. I fucked it up. Hey. Did you did you kick him out? No. <laughs> this is the most complicated Zoom session I think that we've had so far. Um what a good dude. Yeah, what a great dude. That was awesome. Sorry for the sorry for the technical difficulty. I I had I don't know what's going on with the with the freezing up, man. Maybe it's just the time of day. Who knows? Because it I says that it, I got full it says I got full signal here, but fucking who knows? I think it is. Anyway, that was awesome. Anyways. He's a nice guy. I love Sabbath Buddy Sabbath. I love hat. I love, I'm happy, you know. That was a good that was a good time. Yeah, man. I'm really hoping that we get new shit from them this year and we will see how it goes. In the meantime. In the meantime. I'm gonna talk to you soon. Yeah, we're gonna talk real soon. I got things. All right, homie. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you later. I love you. Peace. Peace. Love you, brother.